Hello, this is Pastor Marty Macedo from Fellow Helpers Ministries bringing you another podcast from the Pastor Study. Biblical lessons from the battlefield of life from a retired pastor of 45 years who was saved after serving as a Staff Sergeant Airborne Ranger in Vietnam. My testimony is shared in podcast number one. It is my desire to share with you lessons the Lord has taught me over the years of living as a Christian and serving as a pastor. These podcasts are intended to whet your appetite for further personal Bible study. They'll be short, 20 to 30 minutes, and having your Bible and something to jot down notes might be helpful. If you have any questions, you can contact me by email, masitofhm at gmail.com. That's M-A-S-I-T-T-O-F-H-M for Fellow Helpers Ministries at gmail.com. Today I'd like to cover a passage of scripture that answers a question that has been asked numerous times over this year. What in the world is happening and what can I do? I believe the Apostle Paul answers this beautifully, of course under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, in Romans chapter 1. The Romans did not take these words to heart and their empire fell hard, as we all know. And if we do not take these words to heart, our nation will fall hard too. So what do we see in these verses? It's going to begin at chapter 1, verse 14, and going to go all the way down to verse 32. And rather than read all the verses and then go back over them, I'm going to actually read them section by section as we title this. And the first thing we note is an introduction, and the introduction is covered in verse 14 through 17. Here's what we read. I am a debtor, both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise, So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Shall we pray? Father, we have opened up your word, and we're looking to hear a message from you from it. And we pray that you'll bless us as we look at this together today. In Jesus' name, amen. I read these verses first because I believe it introduces what we're going to be outlining here in just a moment. And the Apostle Paul is referring to himself as a debtor. It's kind of a surprising statement, isn't it? I am a debtor, verse 14. The idea of a debtor is someone who owes another, someone who has a debt that they need to pay. And the Apostle Paul is not talking here about a debt in regard to his tent making, uh, not talking here about a debt in regard to the travels that he's been involved in for his ministry. He's not talking about a debt for food or clothing or housing that he incurred. But what the Apostle Paul is doing, he's using this word debt to say, I have a responsibility and I owe to other people the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whether, verse 14, they are Greeks or barbarians, and whether they are wise or unwise, uh, I am a debtor and I need to be ready to preach the gospel. The gospel means the good news of Jesus Christ to you that are in Rome also. And the Apostle Paul says in verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the power of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, the Jew first and then also the Greek. And the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that saving grace message is summarized in verse 17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed 
from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, I went through those verses quickly, and we're going to go back to them at the end of our lesson today. But as we take a look at those verses in the way of introduction, the Apostle Paul is in debt. He's a debtor. He desires very much to share with some people that which they need to know to help them. And what that is, is now outlined for us in verses 18 down to verse 32. And I believe I could summarize two points here very clearly. The first thing we're going to see is there is a spiritual blindness in our land. And the second thing we're going to see is there is a spiritual bankruptcy in the land. You'll notice the spiritual blindness the Apostle Paul outlines starts in verse 18 and goes down to verse 27. And then you can see the spiritual bankruptcy it results in when you pick it up in verse 28 and go down to verse 32. There's a spiritual blindness in the land. Now, what does the word blindness mean? Well, the word blindness means this. It's a want of sight or a want of intellectual discernment. It's the idea of being ignorant of something that you really need to know. And when we take a look at these verses we're going to read now in verses starting at verse 18 and going down to verse 20, we're going to see, first of all, there's a spiritual blindness in regard to man's attitude toward creation. There's a spiritual blindness regarding man's attitude toward creation. Again, he's writing this under rare inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the Romans in the Roman Empire. And the word that we can use as a summary here is ignorance. Man's attitude toward creation is one of ignorance, as the Apostle Paul writes to the Romans. Let me read with you, beginning of verse 18 down to verse 20. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. When you take a look at the spiritual blindness that Paul was writing about in the Romans, you'll recognize that their want of intellectual discernment started out by their attitude toward God. They were in ignorance. But it's kind of a sad ignorance when you look at it, because verse 18 and 19 says this, they know the truth, but they hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now, what that means is that Greek word translated hold is actually a word that means holds down. It's not the idea of holding that truth up so people can look at it, but it's the idea of holding that truth down so people don't know it. So the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. And these men hold down the truth and unrighteousness. Well, what do they hold down in unrighteousness? Well, look at verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. And for God has showed it unto them. God manifests himself everywhere to all men. Creation magnifies the Lord to all men. No matter where men are, they begin to think about life and think about death, and they look and they say, but, but who made me? And what is my purpose? And, and why am I who I am? That's creation. 
God made us, and our purpose is to serve him. And they, and people recognize that. There's, there's a God. There has to be something more than just what's here. But they know the truth, but they hold it down in unrighteousness. And look at it again when you see in verse 19, for God has showed it unto them. What do I mean? Verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. The things that God did in creating the world and creating life and giving life, they're easily seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they, these are God's words now, they are without excuse. So God created man in his image. Man is in sin, and that's all been distorted until he's saved. But we recognize that in this day we live in today, if someone takes the view of creation and holds it in ignorance, they hold down the truth that they can easily see in front of them. They reject the truth that there has to be a creator that made them. The invisible things they see don't bring them to the aspect that there is a God. Then what happens? They are without what? Excuse. Now think about that for a moment, just in regard to human bodies. Uh, when you think of evolution, it just doesn't add up, folks. And we're not going to go into a big lesson on that today. But think about the circulatory system. Think about the nervous system. Think about the respiratory system. Think about the reproductive system. Think about the digestive system. Think about the skeletal system. Think about the muscular system. And on and on it goes. This could, could not just happen by chance. This, this could not just happen by coincidence. There's got to be someone who put this all together. And the answer is, that someone is God. But yet men's attitude toward creation is ignorance. They hold that truth down. I think there's a passage of scripture that would really summarize this beautifully from the Old Testament. It says in Psalm 139, verse 14, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well, God reveals himself to man. God reveals himself to creation. But when man chooses to hold that truth down in unrighteousness and exercises ignorance when it comes to creation and ignorance when it comes to God, then that leaves a void in their life. And here's what Paul says happens next. When man's attitude toward God at creation is ignorance, then their attitude toward God becomes idolatry. You see, there's a void there in the life. God created us to worship him. And when we reject that truth and we reject him, there's a void that needs to be filled. And it's filled how? By idolatry. Listen to verses 21 through 23 as Paul continues to explain what's going on in that day with the Romans and the Roman Empire. Number one was the ignorance regarding creation leading to this idolatry regarding living. Because, verse 21, that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, the word vain means empty, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like on the corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Man's attitude towards God 
becomes idolatry. Worshiping of a physical object as God and not regarding God as who he really is. It says in our passage, when he knew God through creation, verse 21, he glorified him not as God, verse 21, and as a result became vain or empty or worthless in their imaginations. They filled the void left for God with things, and that was a foolish thing to do. My first illustration of this that comes to mind is when I made a trip to India. And when I was in India, we got to do a little bit of sightseeing and we got to do a whole lot of preaching. It was a wonderful trip years ago. And I remember going to what was called the Country Palace in Jaipur, India. And as we were going up to the Country Palace, there was a chain link fence. And behind the chain link fence, there were these pedestals. And on these pedestals were these stone images that had been carved by man. And the interesting thing is that a lot of these images were damaged. Uh, they had uh, broken arms or broken heads or chipped bodies or whatever. And they were on these pedestals behind the chain link fence. And I looked at that and I thought, isn't that amazing? This is their gods. These are part of their gods and they have to be protected by a chain link fence, and yet they're broken and they're bruised because they're what? Worthless. And I am so thankful that I serve a God that does not need to be protected with a chain link fence. I serve a God who's not broken, bruised, but a God who lives. Now think about that because you say, wait, that's in India, but what about us? Well, we don't use the animals like that, carved out of stone, put upon pedestals, but we have other things that are idols. It could be our cars, or it could be our houses, or it could be other possessions, or it could be our job, or something of that nature. Many people who are ignorant regarding creation because they hold down the truth in unrighteousness, and they are without excuse before God, but they make excuse for themselves. They hold it down. I don't believe in God. Don't believe in creation. I'm not going to be responsible to a God. Then they fill that void in their life with things, uh, things and possessions and, and, and things that they can focus on and take their attention away from being convicted about thinking about God to be truthfully. Now, when you look at this passage of scripture and the apostle Paul's developing this argument under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he said, look, we're living in a difficult day here. Number one, man's attitude toward creation is ignorance. And that has led, number two, to man's attitude toward God, which is idolatry. He's made these idolistic gods, verses 21 through 23. What does that lead to? Well, that leads to man's attitude toward self. What does he think about himself? And where we have the word ignorance and where we have the word idolatry, now, when we come to man's self, we find the word immorality and indulgence. Immorality and indulgence. Let me read these verses. They'll clearly speak for themselves. Wherefore, because they held down the truth. Wherefore, because they filled their life with idols, not the living God. Wherefore, verse 24, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own bodies to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections, 
For even their women that change natural use into that which is against nature, likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the women burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their heir, which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Man's attitude towards self, based upon the philosophy of, I'm plaguing ignorance about God, I'm going to hold down the truth of creation and say there's no creator and everything just came about by happen chance, and I'm going to fill that void of not having God by serving idols, anything that I can buy or purchase or build or fill in that gap with. And then that leads them to an attitude towards self of, hey, immorality, not, not, not knowing good or right or not considering good or right, and indulgence, allowing myself to do whatever I want, whenever I want to do it, there they are in that situation. And I believe we're seeing the same thing that Paul was talking to the Romans about being displayed in our day today. What in the world is happening? Well, what's happening is we're living in a day and age where people are holding down the truth of creation in ignorance, and they're filling their life full of different idols that have no meaning and no profit. And as a result, they're engulfed in an immoral, indulgent lifestyle, even to the point where their women are doing things unseemly, men are doing things unseemly. And remember, specifically, it says, giving up, verse 22, the natural use of the women, men with men, working that which is unseemly. Now, I don't need to go into descriptive terms here about what that all means. Anyone who looks at those words and reads that passage knows exactly what it's talking about. And it's the sins that we're seeing today, not done in secret or not done in a shadow, but they're doing, being done publicly and openly. In fact, I just saw this past week, Hallmark now has put out a movie and the old Hallmark movie of the, you know, guy meets girl and girl meets guy and they don't like each other and then they start liking each other and all that stuff. Next thing you know, they're a couple. Well, now it's two women that were being married in a Hallmark movie. Uh, that, that's only one illustration. I remember a few years back where two cowboys received an, an award in Hollywood because it was a movie about two cowboys uh, having relationships together. What does that mean? Well, when the society gets to the point where it starts indulging in any kind of thing they can imagine or or exercises any kind of uh, immorality that can be imagined, that's a dangerous thing, folks. So dangerous. How dangerous is it? Well, look at verse 24. Wherefore, God also gave them up. Look at verse 26. For this cause, God gave them over, or up, rather. And then in verse 28, what does it say? God gave them over to a reprobate mind. You know, it's interesting. If you look at someone today who says, I don't believe in creation. I don't believe God created anything. You look at someone today who's filled their life full of idols that they've put their attention on to fill that void, not worshiping God. And you look at someone who takes pride in their immorality and their indulgence. I can do what I want when I want the way I want. If you were to talk to them, they would say something like this. Well, I gave up on God. 
I want him to do something, didn't do it, so he can't be real, I gave up on him. Or maybe there was someone who knew something about God, but he didn't do things the way they wanted, so they just gave up on God. Wait a minute, that's not what's really happening. When you look at our passage of Scripture, God gave them up. God gave them over. The proof of that is the dishonoring of the body, the worshiping of the creature rather than the creator, the going over to vile affections, and believing the lie that man is number one, not God is number one. And believe me, in the day that I'm speaking this passage of Scripture, there are scads of people that believe exactly what this passage of Scripture is outlining. There are people all over who are holding down the truth of God in ignorance. They're exercising idolatry and filling those gaps in their life. And they're fully indulging in immorality and indulgence. And they're saying, I'm just living my life the way I want to live. There's a spiritual blindness today. And it doesn't classify itself just by certain people. It's a spiritual blindness that's just permeating the land today uh, from the top down, from the down to the top. I mean, it's just male, female, everywhere. And it is extremely dangerous. Remember the title of the lesson today is, uh, What in the World is Happening? Well, I believe what in the world is happening is exactly what the Apostle Paul was writing about in this passage of Scripture. When you've got ignorance and you've got idolatry and you've got immorality, that spiritual blindness leads to spiritual bankruptcy. Now, what do I mean by spiritual bankruptcy? Well, the idea of being bankrupt is this, the state of being insolvent, inability to pay debt. And when you take a look at the lifestyle that we just decided, if that's the path you want to go down, then you're going to come up with a spiritual bankruptcy. You're going to become insolvent and you're going to be unable to pay any debt, especially the debt for your sin. The only debt that can be paid for our sin is the debt that Jesus Christ paid on the cross of Calvary. Any of the good works we do, any of the kind acts we do to try to counteract the other things that we do, they're not going to work. It's not going to pay the debt. The only way we pay a debt is by accepting Jesus paid it all on the cross of Calvary. Now, with that in mind, though, what's the spiritual bankruptcy? Well, number one is that verse 28 again. Did you notice God gave them over to a reprobate mind. What does that mean? Well, the word reprobate means abandon in sin, not standing the test rejected, a mind of which God cannot approve. So that's spiritual bankruptcy, folks. If you follow those three previous steps, you become insolvent because you have a reprobate mind abandoned in sin. Notice also a reprobate lifestyle. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, when you take a look at verse 29 and go down to verse 32, you'll find some 23 sins listed here that I believe are an excellent summary of a reprobate lifestyle. Listen while I read and think about the day that we're in today. Being filled, when God gave them over to reprobate mind, here was the consequence. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, 
full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which uh, commit such things are worthy of death, not only do them, but have pleasure in them that do them. You know, when I read that list of the reprobate lifestyle, you can see that displayed everywhere today. Whether you're talking about in the news media, whether you're talking about in the movie industry, whether you're talking about in the book industry, whether you're talking about just people we live around and lifestyles we live around, we can see that the reprobate mind because they held down the truth and ignorance, filled their life with idolatry. Now they're in an indulgent and moral lifestyle. That spiritual blindness brings a spiritual bankruptcy. And folks, the nation or people who exercise this kind of lifestyle are going to become insolvent. They're going to not exist. They're going to diminish. And remember, the Apostle Paul is writing this to Rome. And if you study history in any degree, you know about the Roman Empire and the strength of it and the power of it. Where is it now? Where did it go? Well, just like the Apostle Paul said, when they started exercising ignorance regarding creation and they started filling their life with idolatry and started filling their life with every kind of sinful thing they could imagine and indulgence and morality. Then God gave them up, God gave them up, God gave them over, and that spiritual blindness brought a spiritual bankruptcy, and that nation fell and fell hard. Now, there's no nation exempt from that, because this is God's word, and this is what God teaches, and we need to heed the warning. So when you ask the question about what in the world is happening? I believe what we're seeing in the world today is exactly what we've just covered. There's a spiritual blindness in the world today, which is leading to a spiritual bankruptcy today, and it's becoming insolvent. It's not going to be able to stand. Whether it's an individual, whether it's a community, whether it's a country, whether it's the world, these principles fit and need to be applied. Well, the second part of what we want to look at today, though, is this. Remember what I read earlier? What can I do? You ask yourself the question, I see exactly what you're saying, Pastor Macedo, and you'd have to be blind not to see it. It's happening in our own country today. I know that. What can we do? Well, the answer is given to us what the Apostle Paul said. Chapter 1, verse 14. I am a debtor, both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, to the wise and to the unwise, Notice this now, so as much as in me is, as I am able, I am ready to preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the saving grace of Jesus Christ to you that are in Rome also. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as is written, the just shall live by faith. 
When you share the gospel with someone and they understand there is a God who created us, there is a God whom we can worship, there is a God who can govern our lifestyle and bless us abundantly. When you come to that point and you receive salvation, you have a whole different life than what's being outlined here. Instead of a spiritual blindness, you've got spiritual sight. And instead of spiritual bankruptcy, you've got spiritual blessings untold and unenumerable. Now you say, but wait a minute, I, I'm only one person. Well, think about this. My understanding is there was a young boy one day, you may have heard this story before, who was walking along a beach early in the morning, and there was an old man walking along the beach also. The young boy had noticed that a Thousands of starfish had been washed up on shore during the tide when it rose. And now the tide was out and these starfish were dying because they weren't in the water. And this boy was walking along the beach and he was picking up a starfish and tossing it in the water. Bloop. And picking it up and tossing it in the water. Boom. And the old man walked by and he said, son, what are you doing? And he said, well, sir, he said, if I don't throw the starfish in the water, it's going to die. I'm throwing it in so it'll live. And the old man said... <laughs> You're just doing. You're just doing a few uh, starfish. It's not going to make a difference. And when he said that, the boy picked one up and threw it in. He said, "Mister, I just made a difference for that one." You know, we need to remember that we as Christians owe a debt. The debt is giving the gospel as much as life within us to be ready to share the gospel with those who will listen, who can be removed from spiritual blindness the spiritual sight and be removed from spiritual bankruptcy the spiritual blessing and when the apostle paul said these words i'm a debtor both to the greeks and the barbarians and on and on i am ready and the just shall live by faith and the gospel message i share fits everybody anyone who will believe in him and believe in his son jesus christ who died on the cross for him can have eternal life. It takes some time, would you? And just kind of open up your Bible and read these verses again. And with someone who may be questioning, what in the world's happening? Read these verses with them. Think about that little simple outline of eyes, ignorance and idolatry and, and immorality and indulgence, insolvency, and, and say, look, this can all be changed if you would be one of those quote-unquote starfish that will allow me to throw you into the drink and receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your precious Savior. I believe there's hope today for individuals. And if enough individuals receive Christ as their Savior, there's hope for anybody in the nation, government, community, whatever. But as long as they remain in ignorance, there's going to be an insolvency. But if they receive the Lord Jesus Christ, there'll be great riches untold. So this has been from the pastor study with Pastor Marty Macedo, and you may email me at macedofhm at gmail.com, and the FHM stands for Fellow Helpers Ministries. Macedo is M-A-S-I-T-T-O-F-H-M at gmail.com. And Lord willing, we'll post another episode next week, but I want to thank you for listening. And remember, what in the world's happening? Paul tells us. What can we do? Paul shows us. Have a great day.